0: It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go to the Cliff Central account. Tab connect. Then message to show.
1: On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Health Hour in the new time slot. This is Michelle Morehouse, and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy Fonseil, who will be back next week. She's living it up in Harare. Today we have a special lineup featuring people from the WITS-RHI Sex Workers Project. Now, WITS-RHI is the WITS Reproductive Health and um, HIV Institute, which is an institute that is affiliated to WITS University and turned 25 last year under the leadership of Professor Helen Reese. Today with us we have two guests from the actual Institute as well as uh, one of our sex workers who is involved with the Sex Workers Project. So let me introduce you. Starting with Mariette Slabit, she's one of the directors at WITS-RHI, um, and then we have also Maria Sivanyani, who's also from WITS-RHI, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves. And then our special guest today is Sia, who we will speak to towards the end of the show and we'll be asking some questions about their experience of the Sex
1: Workers Project, etc. Okay, Mariette, would you like to briefly introduce yourself to us? Good morning, Michelle, and thank you for having us. We're very... Excited to be here. Um, the WITS Reproductive Health and HIV Institute is one of the leading multidisciplinary research, um, institutes in Africa. And we focus on sexual and reproductive health, as our name implies, and also HIV and its related problems, and also vaccines. Um, we were established, as you said, in 1994, and, um, we were established mainly to support the new, the then new South African government, to improve the health outcomes of specifically women in South Africa. So our mission is to tackle Africa's health problems through research and innovation. And um, to achieve this, we have an excellent team of researchers who specialise in different disciplines, from clinical medicine to human rights to the social sciences. And um, from early beginnings, w- today we employ over six hundred people and we are the largest research institute of the University of um, the Um Obviously, if you focus on health problems uh, um, cent- central to our approach is the human rights aspects and um, you know we can 't forget even though we're tackling problems, we have to focus on the actual human beings, their feelings yes. and the facts that they're facing real problems on a day-to-day basis And these problems are not only health problems, they can also be social problems and very often a combination of the two And um, speaking of which, one of our flagship, problems, uh, flagship programs, <laughs> as you mentioned, is our sex worker program And we started this program over 10 years ago in the Hillbrow area In the meantime, we expanded to Ikurileni. And last year, with the full cooperation of the Department of Health, we also expanded the program to Pretoria. And um, just to give access to more people to to, um, sexual reproductive health, we also opened eight clinics across South Africa at truck stops to access health workers or sex workers and their male clients in the process.
2: That's great. So, um, Maria, just another question in terms of you you mentioned what the um, the vision or the mission was of VITS-RHI. So that seems actually rather a lot broader than one would be suggested by the name. Um, so I'm just curious about that in terms of some of the other projects that maybe RHI looks at.
1: Well, we have a wide, wide variety of projects. Um uh, implementing and supporting the national department of health with everything they're doing as i said our whole vision is to to improve africa's health mm. and we do that by implementing programs so we do a lot of health system strengthening we do that in we work across six provinces in south africa so we do health system strengthening where the 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 need is at its most um and we do that to find solutions and evidence to improve guidelines and um policies uh, for South Africa and obviously close to our hearts is also de- developing other researchers African researchers we believe as an African institute that we have to do the research in Africa um, this is what we're good at and this is what we understand mm. and it's important that we show the world that we can actually solve our own problems absolutely that's great okay so um, can we talk
2: a little bit more about the sex workers project a little bit more about what it's actually about
1: Well, I think Maria is the most appropriate person as the program manager. She has ample experience in in the program. So, Maria, over to you. Great, Maria. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Michelle, for this great opportunity. My name is Maria Sibagnoni, and I'm actually overseeing the program. The program started in 1996 by uh, Professor Helen Rees, and at that time she was doing a microbicide study at SLN Clinic, and uh, she then recruited sex workers to be uh, the participant of the program. And then she then realized that sex workers were not able to access health services, and therefore it means then that therefore their health uh, was not attended to. She then partnered with Department of Health and the city of Johannesburg to start providing the services to sex workers. So basically what we do in this program is we look at the the health the psychosocial support, but also we look at, you know, sex workers taking their own health, you know, into their own hands and managing it, yeah.
2: Great. Just to clarify for the listeners, you mentioned microbicides. Do you want to elaborate on what microbicides are?
3: Microbicides is uh, what, it can be a pill, it can be a gel, but it's, it's, it's used for prevention of HIV. It's mainly used by females. And what they do is they will insert a gel, if it's a gel, prior having a sexual intercourse. And then also they might have to insert another gel post, you know, having sexual intercourse. But basically is to prevent, you know, women from contacting HIV. Great. Thank you.
2: Maria, just to ask you another question, why this specific focus with one whole program dedicated to sex workers?
3: Okay, as I've indicated before, I mean, it has been uh, seen that sex workers are are not able to access health services... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because of a variety of reasons. Mm. First of all, they are stigmatized of being sex workers. And also now if we look at the HIV, they are vulnerable to HIV mm. because of the nature of the job that they do. They, they actually add more higher risk to, to uh, uh, get HIV. And, and secondly, if we look at uh, the national strategic plan of 2012 to 2016, the Department of Health actually has prioritized sex workers to make sure that the response that we are, you know, uh, giving to HIV is effective and also, if we look at the prevalence of HIV among sex workers, studies have shown that it is 60% uh, compared. So it's higher than the general population. Uh, therefore, you know, that on its own, it, 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 it also
2: makes the country to focus on sex workers. Mm, okay. In terms of the scope of the problem, do you know how many sex workers there are in South Africa or in the region at all? I mean, what numbers are we looking at? According to the study that was
3: done by South African National um, AIDS Council, which is SANAC, uh, it estimated that there's 153 South Africa I mean, sex workers in South Africa. 153,000. Yes,
2: 153,000. Okay. Sex workers. Okay, so it's, it is a significant problem then. Yeah. And then in terms of the sex workers program, how many sex workers are involved in that?
3: In Hillbronn, it's own, we are looking at plus minus 4,000 sex workers. But in our database, we have managed to uh, actually reach 3,800 sex workers. But I know that's just an
2: estimate. Yes. That there's more. You know, sex workers I'm out sure. there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are many who still are afraid to access the services. Yeah, as yeah. well. Okay. So, in terms of you mentioned that you you have the program, and you mentioned Mariette that the institute is active against across six different provinces. But where is the actual sex workers program active?
3: Well, the, the program is actually divided into two mm. We've got sex work specific sites And then we sec- we've got sex work and tracker sites yes. So sex work specific sites uh, We run that program in the inner city of Johannesburg Guruleni and the city of Twane yes. And then the sex work and tracker sites Those sites are actually established at the truck stops Which is nationally We've got one in Pomona We've got two in KZN, which is Cato uh, Ridge and uh, Pongolo. We've got one in Limpopo uh, that is next to Beige Bridge in Mosina. We've got one in Northwest in Bloomhoff. We've got another side in Mpumalanga, which is in Gondwana. We've got another side in Orange Free Strait, uh, which is in, in
2: Bloomfontein. And that makes eight sites, yeah. Sure, that's pretty good. Okay, and is there any scope at all in the future in expanding to other areas? Because it sounds like it would be a useful thing.
3: Yeah, currently, look, when we get into sites, it... it there's a great need, you know, mm. of accessing sex workers. So if we, we get to, you know, engage with the Department of Health and other stakeholders, they always identify areas, you know, that needs the services. Yeah. And we are looking at expanding the sex work and trackers, you know, sites to two additional sites, which will be in Freiburg. Freiburg is in the northwest and also in Lipopo at, at Palaburwa.
1: Yes. Maybe I can add to what Maria is saying, um, it, for, for the National Department of Health, accessing the sex workers is, is a priority. And, um, we're actually working on finalizing a national sex worker plan. And the whole idea is to, to utilize our model, um, well, to first test it as a pilot for the 20 district, the whole district, and then use that as a model for rollout across South Africa. And it's maybe also just worth pointing out, um, some of the problems and why we need to do parallel services for sex workers and I'm sure c o will expand a bit on the problems that sex workers have in accessing services for sure, but they are really stigmatised by everybody, you know, and that 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 makes it very complicated to access um services, so it's not only a a lot of time at service. Um, health, the healthcare providers themselves, you know, so they don't, they get stigmatized when they actually get to, to a clinic. Then it's also the community, it's the public. Um, and then of course the fact that sex work is still criminalized in South Africa. So there's a range of reasons Mm. why it's important that we have these programs. And then also, um, it is estimated that, um, sex work contributes to about 20% of new infections per year in South Africa, HIV infections Um, and only 6% of this 20% is actually to sex workers themselves 14% of that can be to male clients so it's very important from both a human rights point of view and an HIV prevention point of view that we um, you know tackle the problems together for sure and I actually do want
2: to come back and chat to you a little bit uh, in a while about the um, criminalization Um, but I just want to move on a little bit and ask Marie if she can elaborate for us about what the services actually provide or what they are
3: Okay, the services that we are providing are, you know, stigma-free and we create an environment where sex workers feel free. So we provide HIV testing and counseling. We provide ARVs, that is treatment of HIV. We screen them for TB and refer them for treatment. But also we diagnose and treat them for STIs. We distribute lots and lots of condoms, and we do condoms demonstrations. We do a health talks. We also do a family planning, and we provide uh, uh, sex workers with psychosocial support, where we invite them to a workshop, and in this workshop, they are able to network with other sex workers, but also they are able to Relief stress because we give them a lot of activities in these workshops. We also treat minor ailments, which means we will treat the the cold, uh, headaches, and we also do lots of referrals for conditions that we cannot, you know, treat within the project.
2: Okay so Maria I have a question for you around that in terms of the services you provide I would imagine that obviously our sex workers are relatively vulnerable to violence and um, I want to know kind of what the experience in the program is of, of violence you know do you have a lot of of the sex workers coming in with maybe it's been gender-based violence or violence at the hands of maybe one of their clients and um, what do you do with those? Okay. Fortunately, mm-hmm. we received funding from Global Fund last year to
3: look at the, the legal aspect or the human rights issues. So we have a trained paralegals. We call them human rights defense. These are peer educators that are within the program. So when we do outreach, they are the people that will look at the legal aspects and they will attend to sex workers that will report any violence, Mm -hmm. whether being it uh, uh, from the client, whether it's from the police, or whether it's from sex workers among themselves. Mm -hmm. So we have partnered with a women's legal center. They are based in Cape Town, but also they've got a branch in Johannesburg, and they've got a qualified attorney that actually handles these cases. So our paralegal will then uh, report these
2: cases to women's legal center. Oh, that's great. So that sounds like a, a great support service that you're providing there. Okay. In terms of the teams that you have that are providing the services, what are the teams comprised of? I mean, do you have counsellors in there, nurses, doctors? What does what an actual team on the sex worker program look like? Okay. The HealPro
3: program is uh, comp- comprises of a project manager. We've got uh, two professional nurses. Mm-hmm. We've got four community healthcare workers. And we've got 10 peer educators and the, uh, the other staff uh, support like your admin person, your data capturer. And then in the tracker sites, we've got uh, containers. In these containers, we've got a professional nurse, a counselor, a security. It depends on, the, you know, the the nature yes. where the, the container is based And then we've uh, got uh, doctors that are consulted You know, telephonically If, you know, nurses have got a problem That needs, you know, doctor's opinion Yeah. For sure,
2: okay, great Okay, so a question I'm not sure whether this is better addressed to Mariette or Maria But in terms of accessing the um, sex, sex workers programs How do sex workers hear about it? How do you m- market it, for want of a better word?
3: We've employed uh, 46 peer educators, mm-hmm. and these are the backbones of the program because they are sex workers themselves. So they go out there and they mobilize sex workers, they encourage sex workers to come. Through and access our clinic, but also they, they distribute condoms to them, they give them health talks, so they're spreading the word mm-hmm. really about you know our services.
2: Mm. Yeah. Now, I would imagine, on account of all the stigmatization that you've discussed, um, you know, you've mentioned that it's kind of occurring at virtually every level, and I would imagine that that would would definitely hamper a person in terms of a sex worker feeling that they wanted to access the services. So, if a sex worker wants to engage with the program, do they have to give their real name? Um, you know, how is their confidentiality protected?
3: Look, uh, we have established a trusting uh, relationship with sex workers, mm-hmm. in so much that they feel they feel very comfortable to to tell us. Some of them will tell us their real name. Some of them will use, you know, the names that they use, you know, with their clients. With yeah. the clients. But we are comfortable with that. The the only thing that we want, uh, which is important, is their date of birth, because then we are able to to trace them and track them using the date of birth. The names, it, it is kind of tricky. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, great. Thank you for that. All right. Um, just more questions about the services. How do you actually provide them? Okay.
3: Since we established the relationship or the partnership with Department of oh. Health and City of Johannesburg, we've got a clinic which is called Seventeen SLN Clinic. Mm-hmm. This is a city of Johannesburg Clinic, and within this clinic we are housed and we are providing sex workers from that mm-hmm. clinic. So they're giving us uh, like four rooms, and we are providing these services. So we provide services at SLN Clinic from Monday to Friday in the morning, that is from 8 o'clock until half past 11 and then the team will then have a little bit of a break because at half past 12, then they go out and do outreach. So our outreach is divided into two. We've got a outreach where we visit brothels mm-hmm. using the project car. So when we get into the brothels, it's either the sex work or the manager will give us a room, and in that room we will then set up a clinic because we come with backpacks full of medication, full of uh, test kids, everything. Mm-hmm. So when we get into the room, we then set up a clinic and we provide services from there. The second uh, uh, method that we use, outreach, is on Fridays we've got a mobile van. So with a mobile van, we target uh, sex workers that are street-based meaning that we would go to bushes, we would go to hotspots on the streets, we would go to anywhere where sex workers, Mm -hmm. you know, congregate and and provide services. And then the other last approach is we use peer educators themselves. This is a very, you know, important uh, component of the program because now uh, peer educators... They go out there before the clinic, before we even, you know, go and visit the sports. They go out, they inform sex workers that the clinic will be coming on this day. And then when we then visit the sports, they are also there. They recruit, they give, they hand out condoms. They also do HIV and and counseling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we're using four approaches. Sure. Yeah, that's amazing.
2: I'm really interested to hear you say even in the bushes.
3: Yes, we've got a, a hot spot in Pretoria yeah. where is is a very big bush and we've got about 200 sex workers there and you know it's amazing because when you get into the bush you have to cross the river yes. so our sex workers will then cross the river uh, peer educators to reach out yes. to, to the sex workers So they operate deep deep in mm. the bush And they've built you know Something like small houses Using card boxes yes. just for, for, for Privacy in that bush yeah.
2: Unbelievable wow okay thank you So um, I think Perhaps this is a question for Sia Bonga I mean in terms of harassment Uh, I would imagine that harassment is probably a problem. And this, again, relates back to the fact that there's a lot of stigmatization, but not just that, that sex work is still uh, considered criminal in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to speak to Mariette about that shortly. But, I mean, from your experience, have you experienced much harassment?
0: Yes, I have uh, in quite a few number of times. Um, There was um, a moment where I was actually, while I was still street-based, I... I got picked up by a client only to discover that it's a cop, so I was beaten up and I was asked why I was doing um sex work and all that yes. so it has happened in in, in few t- few of my friends as well yes okay, mm.
2: and in terms of Mar- Maria, what about the actual um the peer counselors etc that are working on the project or the program? Do they face harassment as well you know
3: harassment comes from uh uh what Anywhere else, you know, in, in the in the industry Because mm. harassment f- firstly will come from, you know, police mm. And the community itself, they do harass them And also the healthcare workers Some of them, they do harass sex workers
2: mm. So it, it, it really, it, it comes from all the angles, mm. you what, know What about the actual nurses themselves And the peer educators who work on it Do they get harassed by the police, for example Because they're providing this you know, service to the the sex workers
3: No, no, no You know, we we providing them with uh, T-shirts That have got a WRHI logo And also when the police comes into a spot, It's either we've got a mobile van there But also they will also introduce themselves To mm. say they are providing, you know, healthcare
2: services So they, they don't, you know, get any harassment That's great Okay, thank you very much, Maria. I think this will be a great time to actually pause and have a quick song. I'm going to hand over to that.
0: At Sibanye Gold, we've come to realize that there's nothing small about SMMEs. the small to medium-sized businesses that employ millions of people and pay billions in tax every year, which is why we pride ourselves in providing support, leadership coaching, assistance and advice to help grow SMMEs. You could say, we're giving them a golden opportunity to grow. Sibanya Gold. We are one. So you started your own business.
1: You have the office space, the employees, the printer, the office van, the coffee machine,
0: and the office phone. Starting a business and building up a customer base can be daunting. Enter the Yellow Pages Reliable Locals promotion and you could win your share of free marketing for your business to the value of 1 million rand. Visit reliablelocals.co.za for more info.
1: Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. FlipCentral.com Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. ClipsCentral.com
2: Welcome back to Health Hour and you have Michelle Morehouse standing in today for Dr. Cindy. Uh, just before we carry on and pick up, we have been talking to the Sex Workers Program from Wits, RHI. And just before we carry on with our chat to our three guests, I would just like to invite any listeners, if they would like to send in any questions they have for our sex worker, Sia Bonga, then please feel free to do so. I First, though, before you do that, I just would like Sia Bonga just to actually introduce yourself a little bit. If you can just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, and then that might give them an idea of what questions they would want to send in. And then Sia Bonga will answer any questions that you want to send in via WeChat.
0: Okay. Um hi to all the listeners. Um my name is Sia Bonga. I'm originally from Durban. I'm now based in Johannesburg. I work for Vets rhi as a team leader for sex worker projects and I'm a sex worker. I work around 17 in advertising the net.
2: Great. Thank you, Sia Bonga. So please, anybody who has any questions around the Sex Workers Project, around maybe Sia Bonga's experience with that, or just generally about Sia Bonga's work, please feel free to send those in. Thank you, Sia Bonga. You're welcome. Okay, Marietta, I wanted to pick up. We were talking about harassment of the nurses and the peer counselors, etc., that work on the sex workers program. And um, Maria had said that it wasn't really a big issue and was discussing some of the kind of things you do to mitigate any risk of that. And you had some more things that about that you wanted to bring to our attention.
1: Yes, I think it's quite difficult for somebody from the general public to actually realize the amount of stigma and the the day to day trauma that um, sex workers are exposed to and if we, whenever we start a new project, it actually takes us literally months to do the groundwork to to establish a program. In any area. I mean, you literally have to engage with the general public. You have to engage with the police services. You have to engage with the National Department of Health, with social development, with religious organizations, with other NGOs. Um, and so, so it's really, you know, programs that, that cuts across all of the aspects mm-hmm. of, um, you know, day to day life. And it is the saddest thing to, to realize that, you know, these Sex workers who are just trying to earn a day 's work um, have to face these challenges um, in all our research as I mentioned you know we have to keep in mind that um, if we if we are researching sexual reproductive health rights that we 're working with a woman first and then the problems that that they might be facing and um, as a result of that, we have to engage in all our programs you know maria um, she 's been doing this so well and so long. And, you know, she makes it sound so easy, but it, it's really difficult to access these hidden populations and to get to them and to win their trust. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely essential to the success of the program to, to do all of this on a continuous basis. Um, and, you know, as I always tell people, if this was easy, then everybody would be doing it. But, um, it is so important that people start realizing Um, The plight of people out there and to help us to to get this mainstreamed in the interest of human rights and our constitution and also the interest of prevention of HIV. Hmm. Okay,
2: thanks, Maria. So what about around the fact that, I mean, our NSP, the 2012 to 2016, actually has as an objective... The decriminalization of sex work now obviously this is a bit of a tricky topic because I know there's sensitivity around the topic, but i'm just interested in if if you have an opinion that you
1: would like to share on this <laughs> you know we certainly have opinions on everything but um <laughs> <laughs> of course um, yeah. a recent study um, modeled or they forecasted that the decriminalization of sex work would lead to a between 33 and 46% decrease in new infections. Now that is huge. Mm. Um, but obviously this is, this is not very often, it's not popular, um, legalization, but we do know that South Africa is working, the Department of Justice is working on law reform around sex workers and we're anxiously, anxiously awaiting the outcome of this. Um, obviously we've done a lot of work around sex work trying to get it destigmatized and, um, whatever else, but there are great players out there, the Sweats and Sasonki and you know, um, that are actively lobbying for yes. the decriminalisation of sex workers. Because if we do want to help sex workers to actualise themselves, to raise their children, to operate in a safe environment, mm-hmm. we we will have to work towards decriminalisation of of sex work in South Africa to create a safer environment for these people to operate in. So our role is to look at the best ways, to provide access and safe access to family and reproductive and sexual health. Um, But obviously we rely on the environment and the social structures around this environment to to make this possible. Yes, yes. I mean, it it is an interesting
2: topic and, um, you know, one that's fairly close to my heart. But um, I think, yeah, thank you. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Okay, Sia. Let's have a question for you. I have a quick question for you. How long have you been involved in sex work?
0: Four or five years now.
2: Okay, four or five years. Now, we yeah. actually have something from a question, uh, from a, a listener rather, who's interested in asking whether you only have male clients and what sort of led to you getting to the point of, of becoming a sex worker. I just want to say to you, see if at any point you find a question is um, uncomfortable, you just please say <laughs> it's so. It's okay. Okay, I wouldn't want you to be. No. You know.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, I do get, uh, clients that are not male, yes. but, um, I, I, I tend them to my friends because I only do male clients mm-hmm. as I'm gay and I'm proud and I'm not ashamed of my sexuality mm-hmm. and I see sex work as work. So also I started sex work about four to five years ago when I wanted, um, to raise funds for, take myself to UNISA, you know, to further my education. So, I mean, I mean, I know there are also other ways of trying to to get to school, but for me, I mean, having to have my my family, my parents passed on, and you know, I'm, I have sisters that are are depending on me, so mm. I I'm on the only source of income in my in my mm. household. So I decided, you know, it's best for me to try and and look at other ways of how I can accumulate money.
2: Thank you, Sia. Then, um, what has your experience been of the sex workers program?
0: Oh, well, a very it's a, it has been a learning progress for mm. me. I mean, I started as a peer educator, and now I'm a team leader. And for me to find out about the pro, pro, project itself, I mean, I went to the clinic just to try and, and get health services. Yes. And you know, I, I was told, oh, this is a clinic for sex workers I, that I didn't know. Mm. And from here I am today as um, a team leader for sex worker project so mm. for me it's been a learning curve and also I'm still learning and growing because mm-hmm. also the pro- the organization itself offers a lot of training kind for counsellors and all sort of training for, for me I think I'm in the right platform.
2: That's great <laughs> yeah. that's great and then in terms of what about other sex workers you know what do they tell you is their experience of the of the program because obviously now you're quite intertwined and and deeply uh, embedded in the program yeah. what do other sex workers say is their experience of of the program?
0: Well, because they easily get um they, they access health services without being discriminated. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's, it's it's a platform where they feel safe. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, in Johannesburg, I think it's also the only clinic that also deals with sex workers, mm-hmm. especially uh, men who sell sex. Because yes. I mean, it's still very dis- discriminated to be a man and to be a sex worker. So I mean, we we work with um genders and MSMs. Yes. So we have transgenders, MSM, and Sorry, transgender sex workers and MSM sex workers. MSM sex workers are male who sell sex to other male. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily gay, yes. but they give sexual uh, services and to to clients. So they we also offer mm-hmm. services for them as well. So they they feel like this is a platform where they could come anytime if they mm-hmm. they they have any difficulties in terms of health services. Mm-hmm.
2: So in what way, if you don't mind me asking, I want to probe a little bit more on that because I know that for, for us what we consider one of the key populations, so mm-hmm. one of the, the populations that have been identified as possibly still contributing to driving the epidemic because their health needs have not been met mm-hmm. until perhaps more recently. So particularly of interest to in me, I was wondering about the transgenders. I mean, how are their needs accommodated within the clinics?
0: Can you repeat the question? Please?
2: Yeah, just the transgenders and mm-hmm. the MSMs. Uh, you know, how are their needs specifically catered for within the clinic? In what ways are the are the are the services specialised for those types of clients?
0: Okay, the project is basically for sex workers, mm. so regardless mm. if you are a woman, you are a male, you are transgender. Mm. I mean, we we have a team of of very. Like passionate stuff mm. that I mean, they're able to deal with each and every each and everybody that comes to a clinic. In uh, in particular, with transgenders, I mean, we I uh, I'm a gay person mm. and um I'm obviously have been exposed to transgenders. So me uh, being a sex worker and have been working with other transgenders, it's easy for me to um to recruit um when I when we go for yes. outreach to our, our transgenders. You say, guys, you know, there's a clinic. Don't feel discriminated. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. offer services to people like us mm-hmm. so feel free to come anytime so it makes it easy for me and and for people that I work with
2: okay great can you tell me perhaps maybe see us some of the challenges that you face maybe perhaps prior to actually being involved in the sex workers program
0: uh challenges are i um, faced within a program or outside a program
2: both let's cover let's let's get, <laughs> get them all <laughs> okay cool
0: well the biggest challenge are police harassment. Mm-hmm. You know, they, these guys, they go online, they get your number, they call you, they pretend they're clients, they come to your working place and then they need demand, um, for you to, to pay a bribe. Sure. Yeah. So, and also, I've helped, also have faced a challenge where I went to a, a clinic to try and be treated for an, for an STI and I was told like, you know, um, why do I have an STI? And I told them because I, um, I'm selling sex and they, uh, they were like, as I was, was a huge issue around that. And then the whole stuff was gossiping about me. So look at that guy. He's selling sex and he's gay, all that. So, but I'm, I'm past the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm <Yeah>. sure, sure. <laughs> I
2: tell you, it's, yeah, it's, it's, the mind boggles to think it's, as you know, some of, some yeah. of the things you must have seen. Okay. Um, Mariette. Just in terms of the sex workers project going forward, what is going to happen? Because, I mean, most of 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 these kind of things tend to be funded. I'm not sure where exactly the funding for sex workers project comes from, but usually, for example, I know a lot of funding comes through PEPFAR, which is usually time limited going forward
1: um our whole approach is to work in a sustainable way mm-hmm. um so we work very closely with south african government specifically department of health and all of our programs are embedded in the department of health programs so wherever we work we look at where um you know what the south african department of health or national department of health priorities are and we slot in with those providing support to what is already Happening on the ground So obviously with our expertise And our experience in working with sex workers We were consulted and um, Involved in the uh, pilot Of the sex worker program In the 20 district And we're very excited about this because obviously, you know, um, it's our passion to influence policies in South Africa and to improve these policies and also to provide evidence around these policies. Mm -hmm. And this is, it's such a beautiful example of how research institutes and other, you know, uh, NGOs and, and private providers can actually support the government in achieving their objectives. Um, as stated, because we all know that in South Africa we have very good policies, very mm. good guidelines. The problem comes with how to translate that yeah. into actual programs and how to achieve those health mm. outcomes. You know we can do a lot of activities, but unless these things lead to to improving the health mm. outcomes we 're actually not achieving anything and um, as Sia said, the you know just the sensitization of healthcare care workers in itself could yes. really contribute to to um, enabling sex workers to access clinics um sex workers by definition are very high utilizers of services when they tend to a clinic um you know whereas other people i don't know how many condoms other people need by week but i mean (laughs) sex workers need them in boxes rather than singles and lubricant the same and you know also um they might be faced with more health challenges and that type of thing and that Mm. you know so we we know that our health services are overloaded and people are overworked and that type of thing so obviously there's a lot of prejudice apart from the moral side of it there's a lot of prejudice against sex workers being high utilizers mm-hmm. and high users of 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 uh, services but um yes we feel very comfortable about you know working directly with um department of health and um you know, that obviously contributes to the sustainability of the programs. Uh, we know the Department of Health are very happy to take over and to provide services and take care of the health of South Africa, you know, so mm. so it's, it's a privilege to be part of that. For sure and I mean, as you say,
2: when it comes to guidelines it's all well and good to have a great guideline and have it well written, but it's the actual implementation where the challenges come in and I've seen that time and time again. I'm involved in writing quite a few guidelines and I just see, we write this fantastic guideline and it just sometimes it Take so long to get it up off the ground and get it working. So, I can imagine, even in this area where there are so many additional things with the stigma and the criminalization, etc., it must make it really a lot more challenging. See, we don't have any more questions for you, so I just want to remind listeners please if you have any questions we have one of our sex workers in the studio today who is happy to answer all of those questions that you've always been too afraid to ask or not had the opportunity. So please feel free to send them here and um, at that CA is giving us a little smile there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Maria in terms of the sex workers program, how many you know how big is the program the staff complement for running because I mean it sounds like it's a pretty big program. So I would imagine there's quite a big staff component. I would say it's about sixty. Yeah, 60.
3: staff. Yeah, complement that we've got. Okay. Yeah. So that's across it your eight sites. So that's that's only sex work specific mm. sites. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The the trackers uh, sites uh, the staff there is employed by uh, Star mm-hmm. which is our our implementing uh, partner. And
2: each clinic has got about three staff members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, maybe can you tell us a bit more about the truckers project? I'm not sure if it is one of your projects or how, how much you're able to tell us in terms of what the additionals are. Because obviously you do provide for the um, the sex workers, but then you also provide services for the truckers. So how does it differ? Are you able to tell me that?
3: Okay, we received uh, this funding from uh, PEPFAR. Mm-hmm. It was an innovation funding. And what we, we're doing with those funding then, we, we've partnered with North Star Alliance. Yeah. North Star Alliance have got a uh, lot of experience of working with trackers. Mm. So they, they became our implementing partner. What we do then is we subcontracted them, we give them money and they establish these clinics at the truck stops. Mm-hmm. Firstly, the truck stops needs to be a legal truck stop. So they then set up these clinics and then the target population for these clinics then is become sex workers and truckers. Mm-hmm. Truck drivers uh, research has also shown that they are away uh, on the road for plus minus 26 days, Mm. which that that means then they are not able to access health services as well because they miss their appointments. They they busy you know uh, providing services to the to the companies you know. So therefore, we we then partnered with them because. Also, looking at the, the sex workers, it's, it's an entry point. Mm-hmm. We have seen that in each and every truck stop, there are sex workers around there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, for example, the truckers there, would they be able to, at these clinics, access their ARVs? The the services that we are providing mm-hmm. is, is a basic primary care okay. services. So it it does include uh, ARVs, mm-hmm. and also we also look at the chronic diseases because I mean most of them uh, suffer from you know chronic diseases mm-hmm. as well, like your hypertension,
2: a diabetic. Yeah. So we also look at, at all those conditions as well. Okay, so they would be able to kind of link in with that and collect their monthly scripts there then. So yes. it must be doing quite a bit yes. in terms of helping people stay on treatment, whereas they would have previously perhaps fallen off due to not being able to access. Because you mentioned, what, 26 out of a month, 26 days out of a month. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay, yes. great. Thank you. All right. I'm um, still seeing we don't have any more questions yet for Sia. Sia, anything else you'd like to, to say? Because we're kind of starting to get towards the end now.
0: Mm. Okay. Um. I don't know what to say. <laughs> mm. Well, for me... Um, Sex work is work, and mm-hmm. you know um, having to have your condom. Being thrown away Being taken away from you From cops It's totally wrong You mm-hmm. know And also I mean Two other sex workers Out there Just you know Respect yourself as well You know Try and just Work with the law as well Don't be, go to And start second places Where you know exactly That you might get arrested mm-hmm. And you know Especially those Street based sex workers Because you find them On Oxford Road I mean In lower corner. So you know Try and Try and please do sex work where it's so apart from, from where the cop, the policies are yeah. and, you know, also from the society because you are going to get discriminated.
2: Mm-hmm. What other words of advice in terms of keeping themselves safe would you would give to sex Condom workers?
0: usage, condom usage all the time. Mm-hmm. I know a client sometimes can offer to pay you 25,000 Rand to have unprotected sex, but your life is at risk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always use a condom and, Drug, drug use, I know this is very big among sex workers, you know, drug abuse and alcohol abuse can also lead to unprotected sex. So it's very important that you protect yourself because, I mean, your life is in your hands. Okay,
2: great. Maria?
3: I just want to touch on a very important, you know, thing that we haven't spoken about, the partnership that we have with uh, South African police in the inner city. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have to receive a lot of uh, pol- police harassment reports from sex workers. And then in 2012, we then uh, started engaging with SAPS. And from that, we managed to establish a very strong and effective, you know, a partnership with the police in, in so much that we have managed to reduce the harassment. We seldom receive reports now of police ar- harassment. So, in all the areas where we established this program, it, we, we, know, we, we try by all means to engage with South African police to make them understand, mm-hmm. you know, where we come from with this uh, program. But also to look at the HIV
2: impact, you know, and 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 we want to to work with them. Yeah. How receptive are they when you, you know, how how do they take it when you approach them?
3: look it depends we we it's it's a mixture of of what responses that you get you ah. get those that are open minded yes. and they they will embrace the the partnership and then we get those that will be very defensive and attacking Yes. and you know that's why we need then to partner with uh organizations that are uh what more on human rights and and look at the legal aspect of it because mm-hmm. we're not there to, to tell the police how to do their work, but we are saying to them we are faced with the HIV challenge here. Let's collaborate. Uh, let's collaborate and and try and you know uh, stop or if if not prevent the spread of HIV together. Because what we some of the reports that we used to receive was that police used to confiscate sex workers' condoms. Mm. They would uh, look at the handbag and find the condoms. They would take them and throw uh, them away. And condoms are like a working
2: tool yes, for sex course. workers. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you, Maria. Mariette, any final thoughts from yourself?
1: No. Apart from thanking you for having us on the program, um, we would like to to engage, you know, in more. Public discourse around the Subject because you know it's obviously very close To our hearts and the same with Other human rights programs and It's it remains um, A privilege for us to contribute To South Africa through research And we will continue to take that Seriously that's great thank
2: you thank You so much to my three guests you've been Wonderful Um, this is my first Time hosting in Cindy's um, As her replacement so thank you For making it very easy for me you've been Great Um, and Yes, that's it from me. Next week, uh, Dr. Cindy will be back in her usual slot again. Uh, well, it's a new slot now between 9 and 10 on Monday mornings. So she'll be back with Health Hour. And I just want to say thank you very much.
3: Cliffcentral.com.